Are you passionate about resolving conflicts and making positive impact in the world? Then USD's Conflict Management and Resolution Master's program may be for you. Learn to address conflicts at all levels, from personal disputes to global crises. Join the Croc School's dedicated community, fostering peace and understanding while you acquire practical skills to navigate diverse settings. Apply now and be the change you want to see in the world. Visit sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. That's sandiego.edu slash peace slash VOSD. This podcast is brought to you in part by the estate of Bob Nelson. Bob was a lover of all things San Diego and a longtime supporter of Voice of San Diego and its podcasts. We at Voice of San Diego are honored to have his support during his lifetime and continued support through his estate planning. Join culture creator Ramel Wallace, museum CEO Micah Parson, philanthropist Erwin Jacobs, and urban agriculturist Diane Moss on season two of Stop and Talk, a podcast about the future of the San Diego region. How can we create a vibrant region that celebrates our cultural richness and economic strength? Find out and hear other San Diego experts on Stop and Talk. Discover seasons one and two now at stopandtalkpodcast.com. That's stopandtalkpodcast.com. Hey, this is Nate John, producer for the show. This week, we are dropping two episodes. They are both recorded in front of a live audience on Thursday, October 6th at the Emo Brown Foundation in Chula Vista. This is our first ever PolitiFest South. It's a kickoff event for PolitiFest 2022, which continues on Saturday at USD. We've got a ton of debates and panels and interviews happening this week, so I'll be pulling some of that content for this feed as well. Just keep an eye out, and you can see more details and see our live stream at politifest.org. What you're about to hear is our second event of the night, a fiery debate with the candidates for mayor of Chula Vista, Amar Kampanajar, and John McCann. Let's get to it. Welcome to PolitiFest 2022, your ballot booster shop, and the inaugural PolitiFest South, huh? I'm Scott Lewis. In case you're not familiar with us, I'm the CEO and Editor-in-Chief at Voice of San Diego. We do investigative journalism, and we try to help people understand what is happening with news so they can be a part of the discussion. Um, thank you so much for coming and for being part of this and for uh, coming out for this great debate now that we're setting up about the future of Chula Vista. What a great spot, great setup. Uh, we're so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much, Steve, and all you, your compas. Let's get into this. I usually run these things, but there's somebody more qualified now. She's taken all the energy in the room the room tilts toward her when she gets into it. It's Andrea Lopez Villafania. Hey. I'm a little upset that that game went so well. Because a couple hours ago, Andy said, wouldn't you think it'd be a great idea if I like play these songs and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I just don't think that's a good idea. Like, it's last minute. He's like, I'm just going to text Nate. I was like, I don't know. He's like, it would be criminal to not ask. And so he asked, and Nate was like, yeah, dude, because he's a chillist. That's what Nate does. That's what Nate does. He's our producer. 
Um, so he's like, yeah, dude. And then you guys loved it. So go, Andy. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know me, I am Andrea Lopez Villafaña, and I am the managing editor of Daily News at Voice of San Diego. Yes, yes, you can clap, you can clap, yes. yes. The room does tilt in my way. <laughs> um, he is the type of guy who will explain almost anything to you if you stand with him long enough. Um, he is the second most popular author of the politics report. It's Scott Lewis. He is the most popular author of the politics report. <laughs> and the biggest fish fan, PH, that I know, Andrew Keats. How are you guys feeling? Good. I feel great. Still yeah. It's a great, great place. Yeah. It's a good uh, You know, he's going nuts because the lead of Fish, his uh -huh. singer, lead singer, is playing at SDSU tonight and he wants to get there. But he has late. to wait for us to finish. So that's why I'm delaying so much. I, <laughs> I encourage everyone after the show to Take ask him, Andy all these wonderful questions. Take him have. aside and explain your issues. In depth to him. <laughs> Let's bring him up. Are you excited for this concert? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to one fish song. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Selena. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to bring our wonderful guest for the moment you've all been waiting for. He is a former candidate for Congress and is now running to become Chula Vista's next mayor. Please join me in welcoming Amar Kampanajar. Hey, Amar. Hey. Did you bring a cigar? I didn't, but we can go afterwards <laughs> if you want. He has served on the Chula Vista City Council since 2014 and is now ready to take on the mayor's seat. Please welcome John McCann. Uh, on the bio, I served two terms on the city council in the early 2000s, but was mobilized to fight in the war in Iraq after 9-11, uh, boots on the ground uh, in a uh, joint unit up in Mosul. So, There we go. Thanks for joining us, John. So, uh, Scott wants to talk. <laughs> Just kidding, it's going to be good. Okay, I need a volunteer. Not involved in the campaigns. I don't want in somebody who's working in the campaign. I need a volunteer who lives in the city of Chula Vista. Got one? Yes, sir. You ready? Are you involved in the campaigns? Come on up. Everybody say hello to Dwayne. Dwayne, where do you live? Uh, Chula Vista, East Lake. East Lake. Okay, you ready to do this? Okay. This is the game known as who said it? John McCann or Amar Kampanajar? No shouting answers. All right, use your mic, sir. All right. Um, are you ready to do that? Do you want to? Do you want to give somebody else a chance? Or you got this? You got this? All right. First one. 
I want undocumented families to come out of the shadows and become legal residents. Undocumented families are more likely to become vi victims of crime and less likely to contact authorities to report those crimes. Who said that? John McCann or Amar Kampanajar? Amar. Amar. That was John McCann, actually, to the Union Tribune. All right. All right, next one. The evidence is clear that Chula Vista not only can be, but will be the home to the next stadium for the Chargers. This was 2007. No idea. That would be John McCann as well. Oh, John, do you have feelings that about that? That didn't really. <laughs> he made a Unfortunately, face. Unfortunately, I was wrong on that one. You were a little off. Yeah. A little. All Let's right, next stand. one. I'm committed to prioritize building more workforce housing for firefighters. It doesn't all have to be near transit. It could be near the bayfront because firefighters like water on account of what it does to fire. I'd say John. Actually, I just made that up. I'm sorry. Amar. <laughs> <laughs> almost sounded like me, except for the water. I, uh, that's where I got it. Yeah. I cut your quote in half. I, I got to say, though, firefighters love fire. They don't love water. Okay. They love the fire. <laughs> that's true. You, you would know. All right. All right. Next up. He keeps moving to different districts, hoping that he'll find someone, a group that will want him. He believes that politicians should pick their voters. I believe voters should pick their politicians. That was Amar. <laughs> Still stand by it. All right, stand by it. That's, that was about ISA. All right, let's skip this. Uh, let's go to uh, on the presidential race between Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. He said, I don't care who wins. I will work with whomever. Amar. Amar, there we go. We got one, Dwayne, huh? That's All right. Job. You got to work with everybody. All right, next one. Uh, this is on the sales tax measure A from 2018. I'm going to make sure as a leader that the money generated from measure A goes specifically to public safety and issued as a spending plan that I support. That'd be John. That was John McCann, November 2018, Chula Vista Star News. Next one. When they wanted to raise the sales tax, I opposed it. John. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody here for Dwayne. <laughs> now that was a different sales tax that I helped defeat. So which one? Let's, yeah, no, let's, let's talk let's about get that. Into what what, what, right what sales tax were you referring you to? Did support, you did support Measure A. Yeah, but there were several, like uh, Measure P. Uh, there was a Measure, measure P. Measure P was the pot one, though, right? <laughs> no, I think you're thinking of the wrong thing. That's but, cute. But when I when I um, when I was uh, actually uh, leave, before I was left to Iraq, they had a special sales tax that I opposed. It was a write-in ballot, and we defeated that. But you supported Measure A. Yes, because again, I'm proud to support our firefighters and our police officers, and that specifically goes to our police and fire. Let's start with that. I spent um, a couple weeks, um, maybe a month, I don't know, time flies by, um, speaking to Chula Vista residents before I you know, spoke with you guys. I really wanted to get a sense of what Chula Vista residents were most concerned about, what was top of mind for them when they were thinking of who they should vote for. Um, this was back in the primary, so there was a lot of people running back then. Um, and of all the things that came up, 
the financial stability of the city, uh, concerns of where the city was headed, what would happen in the future, came up with a lot of people um, you know, who, who were looking at what you guys were saying to determine who they were going to vote for. So I'd love to hear about what you guys think about the financial stability of the city as it stands right now. Um, and uh, Amari, you can start. Great. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Steve-O, for opening up your home. It's not my first time here. We had uh, a podcast here not too long ago. And, you know, I think that the footing of the future the future and the city um, could be better, could be a lot better. Um, and I think if you talk to the folks who live in Chula Vista, they would agree. Um, there, people are struggling, right? We have 11,000 homes that we need to build, according to Rena. Uh, we have a structural deficit that we've that we need to figure out. Obviously, we make projections that are conservative because we don't want to spend more than we're bringing in. We have one of the highest sales taxes in the county, and that's because we have a shortfall of revenue. Every day, 80,000 people leave Chula Vista to go to work. That's bigger than the city of National City in La Mesa. What we need to do is turn that traffic around and make Chula Vista the world-class destination that all of us from Chula Vista know it is, right? So I think we need to be able to make those investments um, and I think, you know, it's important that we set our city in a path towards prosperity, not just nipping and tucking the budget, not just worrying about what's going to happen with Measure P when it sunsets in 2027 for our infrastructure. Right now, Measure A is in perpetuity, and that's good for our firefighters and our police, but we're short police officers. We don't pay our firefighters nearly enough, and we're barely getting by. And the city's structured in a way that it's based on penalties and fees as opposed to raising revenue and lessening the burden on consumers. We're looking for different places to, to raise revenue. Even Little League um, you know, folks tell me there's a user fee. You've got to pay 20 bucks per kid to play on a public uh, space because we have a shortfall of revenue. And we keep asking kids and homeowners and renters and consumers with our sales tax to foot the bill, not the well-off, not the wealthy, but the people who've been working hard every single day. And I think our future is either seizing opportunities and we end up being like Long Beach, or we don't, and we end up like Lemon Grove. And I hope that we make these structural investments so we don't end up with the structural deficit that we have. Man, we're dunking on Lemon Grove. Yeah. <laughs> Love Lemon Grove, but... <laughs> Oops, is anyone here from Lemon Grove? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you want to say something? Go, go. <laughs> okay. Uh, John, same question. Well, uh, first, I want to thank you guys for holding this. Uh, it's proud that this is happening in Chula Vista. I'm proud of being a Chula Vista resident. Uh, every night I go home to my home in Chula Vista and sleep with my family. Uh, and they, uh, again, love being and proud of, very, of being a Chula Vista resident. Um, I have a master's degree in economics. Um, I've been a successful business owner for 30 years. Uh, finance is something that I know incredibly well. The budget is something that is very, very important. Uh, when you talk about the fiscal stability of the budget, uh, one of the, a couple of things that I've championed is that we, when I got back on the council in 2014, uh, $350 million of unfunded pension liabilities. Um, so what I did is I, well, first when the first budget came in 2015, we balanced it, and then CalPERS came to us and said, hey, uh, you, you owe us seven more million dollars because of the unfunded pension liabilities. So I went through 
analyzed it. I worked with the director, Dave Bilby, at that time. We put together a plan to be able to uh, get rid of the unfunded liabilities. We've saved the city. Uh, we've eliminated the $350 million unfunded liabilities. Uh, and then we've saved the city $14 million a year. The second thing is, is that when I got back on the council, we didn't have fully funded reserves. The goal is to have a 20% fully funded reserve. I made sure that each one of our budgets was balanced and each one of our budgets was able to increase the cash flow into that fund and we were able to completely get to a 20% budget. So our budget is fully funded reserves. We've gotten rid of our pension liabilities. And then now on the revenue side, what have we done? I've been a champion of the Bayfront project. It's a $1.2 billion project. It's gonna bring in at least $45 million into the general fund each year. Uh, I have earmarked if I'm mayor, to make sure that a good amount goes into infrastructure on our west side, to be able to build sidewalks, underground power lines, uh, to be able to make sure that those potholes are filled. In addition, when I grew up, or when, when t about 10 years ago, if you would look at the city, our city is 50, is the second largest city, not only population-wise, but geography-wise. Half of our city, uh, east of the 805, it's a th almost a 300,000 population, had zero, zero hotels. And I'm a soccer dad. I, I grew up in Chula Vista playing soccer. I then became a soccer coach, AYSO. My kids graduated into uh, uh, club soccer, we would go up to Lancaster, we would go up to all these different cities in California, and they'd have 30,000 people, 50,000 people, but they'd have all these hotels. One of the key things of revenue that a city can maintain is hotels because the TOT tax goes 100% to the city. What happens with your sales tax is it goes to Sacramento, and what happens? Sacramento chops it up, they get a little here, a little here. Every time there's another recession, they take a little more. TOT tax is a great way to be able to bring rev new revenue in the city. We were able to make a deal where we got a Marriott residence in. We then got an Ayers Hotel, Hampton Inn. Uh, so we have been able to get four new hotels since I've been a council member. I've led the charge to bring in new revenue and again, with the Bayfront, the Innovation District, we are in the stability of our uh, budget in the reserves. We are financially stable and we're about to build additional or bring in new revenue for the city. Okay. Uh, can I follow up on the finances real quick? You so, may. Thank you, <laughs> Lopez. Appreciate that. So when I first started uh, uh, paying attention to Chula Vista politics, uh, it was 2005 and six. And um, there was a, um, an assertion that the city was built on kind of a house of cards, that there was uh, a lot of building going on, a lot of permit fees were coming in because of that building, and a lot of things were being borrowed against that revenue. 
but after the building would stop, then nothing would be there to pay the debt going forward. And they argued that it was just a structurally uh, unfit, unbalanced budget. Um, would you say it's a structural uh, unbalance, uh, imbalance right now? Or would you say it's, it's you know, just a little tweak? I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. And I think the, the answer is left to be fully answered. I think we're on the trajectory where we'll see that house of cards collapse. You know, Chula Vista is a bedroom community with a housing problem, right? And again, 80,000 people commute out of Chula Vista to go to San Diego. And our biggest employer here is either education or hospitals, right? Sweetwater, Chula Vista Elementary, Sharp, um, Walmart, Collins. And I think that if we aren't aggressive about how we make our investments, like the 125, for example, right? That's something that we still are paying off, right? And the reason we're still paying it off is because Sandag takes a lot off the top administratively. So if I'm mayor, I'll have a big role in Sandag and make sure that when we're paying off things that we owe, like the toll road, that we're paying it off and we're not having Sandag cut off the top of it. I do think that Mayor Mary Salas, who actually I just came back from, she's having her, um, her goodbye you know, celebration today, and I think she's done a really great job on many things, um, and I think she's, put, she's done what she could with what she has, but I think, like everybody else, you have to pass the baton, and with, from, because of her, we're inheriting a, a bayfront that we're building, uh, a university that we're in talks with. We have the seedling of SDSU. Um, we're talking about a sports arena, and she did that, right? Not John McCann. And wait, I think wait, it's I, I heard David Alvarez did it. David, no, she she convened. <laughs> who, on by the way, media. David Alvarez in the city. You got the same Instagram ad I did. I, I, I got it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I got David Alvarez got us 30, 25 million. Tony Atkins got us five million. The city was able to get about fifty nine million, and that was her baby, her project that she's been working on for quite a while. And the city council, Jill, Andrea and Steve Padilla, all of whom have endorsed me. They've been working on this for a very long time, along with our city manager. And so uh, I think it's going to take a coalition to get us out of the structural issue that you talked about. And I'll be ready on day one with the support of our governor, with the support of our U.S. senator, who've endorsed me, the city council. And you know, when you hear my opponent talk, you would think he's the only elected in all of Chula Vista. He's going to tell you he invented water and food next. But there's a lot of people who've been doing the hard work Ooh. of Chula Vista and sometimes I think it's not because of McCann, but despite McCann that we've gotten this. If it was up to him, we wouldn't have the Gaylord property. We'd still be, you know, screaming in the wind about a Charger Stadium that we're never going to get. But because of Cheryl Cox and because of Mary Salas and Steve Padilla, they kept the eye on the prize. We're going to get this great Gaylord property, a bayfront that's the biggest in the western seaboard. And I think it's time that we have somebody who will look to the future, not the past 20 years, but the next 20 years, and I think I'm positioned to do that and make sure that we don't fall into a structural problem. John, um, I can tell you wanted to add to that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, he's, Amar is here. Uh, he's a perennial candidate. Uh, he's never been in local government. I've uh, been on the Housing Commission in the 90s, on the Planning Commission in the, in the 90s, uh, was uh, on two times on the uh, council in the early 2000s. I was part of the team that we went ahead and master planned the Bayfront. Uh, we were able to, again, So you plan. don't think it was David Alvarez that started? <laughs> uh, that was not the university. The Alvarez gets credit for the university. Um, uh, 
essentially, I then got called up to go to go to Iraq. Um, the bottom line then is I was fortunate enough to get back on the council uh, in 2014. And it's funny because Amar always talks about like he knows what's going on, but he's never only he's only been to one council meeting ever. Not uh, he true. Then, I, I would disagree with that. I've only seen you there. I've only seen you speak once. He spoke in favor of closing down Harborside Park, the homeless, and then he was on the TV the next couple of days op opposing it. Um, he said, I mean, he said specifically uh, when he ran for Congress that he was a son of East County, that he was, was grown up in Hamul, that he even called himself a Hamooligan because he was trying to uh, equate himself to the violent hooligans in in England. Oh, seriously? And, well, seriously? You know, oh I'm speaking God. right now, and if I know, I could, but not coherently. Could, Go ahead. No, but the thing is, it's in. It's I'm all. I'm associating in the, myself with violent hooligans. Are you kidding me? Like, come it, on. Continue. You should read. You should read the article. Uh, you again uh, said that you were born, raised. You didn't. You had over a couple thousand tweets, and you never even mentioned Chula Vista when you were running for Congress multiple times, and then when you tried to run for assembly. So Not you know, true. I've. I, so you've never run for Congress. Wait, I, I want. I want to go back to to but the, the point. structural deficit. We got to focus him. Get him back on top. Um, uh, Amar said earlier that he thinks that all that's been accomplished, a lot of things that he mentioned, have been in spite of you. Well, I, I mean, again, I, you know, I think that I've been the very important part of the team. Um, I've been elected four times to be a deputy mayor unanimously under three different mayors. If they didn't think I was, you know, efficient or working at all, why would they have not voted for me? Uh, you look at many of the 3-2 uh, votes, the very close votes, who was there in that majority. It was me. Many times it was me, Mary Salas, Steve Padilla, uh, when you talk about San Diego community power, uh, when you talk about the, uh, uh, one of the budgets that was there to add additional police officers, uh, you go over it. And again, Amar has not been involved in the city of Chula Vista. Um, I live in Chula Vista, I'm proud of it. So he's a critic, but he has not really ever done anything. I have a long history of record of service in the city of Chula Vista. He has none in the city of Chula Vista. But all, what he wants to do is he keeps going from office to office to office, and he wants to have a stepping stone. I'm from Chula Vista. I'm proud to be in Chula Vista, and that's why I want to be mayor. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not running for Congress. I want to help the city of Chula Vista and he's looking for a stepping stone and looking, frankly, for a job. So you said when we sat down that the, the reason you supported the recent sales tax increase was because you support uh, funding for police and fire, right? Are police and fire now adequately funded? The challenge right now is we do have the funding for police, uh, but because of the, uh, the anti-police, defund the police movement, we have positions open. When I remember when some of my friends became police officers out of high school and out of college, they would have 500 people for an applicant to be, try to become a police officer. Now we have maybe 20, 20 applicants. Uh, we go through a very, very 
strong screening process. We go through and make sure that they follow the psychological exam, they pass the lie detector test, uh, they are somebody who can deal with, with people in good in the community. I believe that we have one of the best police departments in the entire state of California. Uh, they have about a 90% approval rating, which I think any elected official would, would die for. Um, so yes, I think the, we have enough funding. The problem and the challenge is, is that because of the culture right now, Nobody wants to become a police officer. I mean, San Diego Police Chief, uh, then San Diego Police Chief Shelley Zimmerman, was citing anti-police sentiment as the cause for that department's recruiting problems as early as 2016, 2017, before the city of Chula Vista passed a sales tax measure that they said would allow them to hire enough police officers uh, to fill all of these gaps. Um, shouldn't voters expect that the promise that was made would be held, given that the culture that you're discussing predates the time that the tax measure was put before voters. Again, we, we have those positions open. We actually have a fund, so the tax comes in. We don't spend it, put it in the general fund and spend it on other things. We actually save it for police positions and fire positions. Um, so again, yeah, we, we are keeping that funding. I think everybody knows that there's been a challenge with recruitment. It's not just Chula Vista, it's not like just San Diego like you said. It's all throughout the entire county, it's all throughout the state, it's all throughout the United States. People, when they're looking at a career choice and they say, hmm, I can do this job, make this amount, or I can become a police officer which may not be uh, as desirable as it used to be, People have, have a choice and don't, don't go to the police department. Um, me, one of the things uh, why me. I did was, uh, that's why we've made uh, incentives so we can, when somebody does want to become a police officer, we give them an incentive. We also have created lateral incentives. So if somebody is maybe uh, from another department and they know that Chula Vista is better, it uh, gives them a little extra incentive to come over from another department, and then we don't have to train them, and they can uh, start from day one. So you're saying that there's enough money for police officers now, uh, but the main reason you can't fill those positions is because of the critics of police action. So what is your plan to address that? Good. Good question. Um, I've been working with the, key, uh, the chief. Uh, one of the things we actually went to and did yesterday was um, uh, tacos with a cop. Uh, we had a, an event where families could come, they could meet the police officers, uh, they could talk to people. Uh, we have different... But they're already police officers. So how does that no, get No, people, the community comes in and they get tacos. Oh, this is so, a community relationship. Yeah, community event. Uh, coffees with a cop having people come out. Uh, the chief is going out uh, spot speaking to college graduates, uh, sp speaking to different high schools. Uh, they're being very aggressive. But again, the issue is, is when people have a choice to decide what career they're going to, they don't view police officer as a desirable position like they did 20 years ago. Um, there's, that's a fact, and it's hard, again, just like Shelley Zimmerman said, people aren't necessarily coming to become a police officer, where again, 20 years ago, you had probably hundreds of people for one position. 
Now we only have, have 20 or so. And we should give you a chance to address that. Do, do you feel like the city is doing all it can to recruit and fill those positions? I think we could do more. Look, uh, I think it's obviously, it's hard to recruit, train, and retain police officers given the morale, right? Um, I think it's important as a Democrat, we say we do support the police. We don't want to defund the police. I mean, there's bad actors in every single industry. Imagine if we stopped having teachers because of a few bad actors. I mean, that would just be an absurd way to govern, right? So we don't want to defund the police. We do want to hold bad actors accountable. By the way, police dislike bad actors in their ranks more than anybody else, right? Because it puts them in danger. But I do think there's more we can do. I think we could create more workforce housing in Chula Vista so people who serve in our community can live in our community and have a stake in our community and build better relationships with the people they live with and work with, and that will enhance community policing. And we haven't ne done nearly enough uh, for that. I was just talking to HomeFed, a big developer in our city, and they're working on certain plans to reduce uh, the burdens of trying to get housing. They want to reduce the property tax. I don't think our city is financially able to do that, but we would be able to if we had leaders who put us on a better footing. And if they were able to lower the property tax, then they'd be able to lower the costs of housing for our workforce. And they've done it actually in Escondido. So they're looking at doing it in a place like Chula Vista once it's financially able to take that kind of a cut. But we're just not ready, and it's because we haven't been able to make those investments. So police is one thing, but we're not talking about the people who die for strangers every single day. The firefighters, who literally will dispatch from Chula Vista and go to New Mexico and go up and down this state and literally die for strangers every single day, who are struggling with PTSD of their own. I've talked to folks who've served in combat zones and they're now firefighters and like, this is terrible. And I've been primed for combat and this is terrible. So I think it's important that we give equal treatment, not just special treatment, but equal treatment to firefighters and police officers in our city. We shouldn't be thinking about pitting police and fire. We should say we want to make our firefighters the best paid in the county because they're not competing with police. It's a different type of job. But make sure that they are able to have the best compensation in the county. The same thing goes with police officers. And they've told me it's not about pay. It is about morale. But imagine if you could get them to live where they serve and improve their community relations. The city hasn't done enough and as mayor, I'll do more. How? How? Yeah. So by convening coalitions, you know, so there's $600 million that the governor passed for first-time home buyers. That's one thing. And given my relationship with the governor and the endorsement I received, I'm uniquely positioned to be able to do that. Um, the County Board of Supervisors, Nathan Fletcher and Nora Vargas, both have endorsed me, and they had a big housing summit and they talked about workforce. Chula Vista wasn't there though. Yeah, exactly, and we should have been. I would have been there. But they talked about, talking about the MTS parcels and turning those ghost, uh, those ghost uh, parking lots into housing, right? And, and getting, and really going at those 11,000, the housing shortage we have, according to Rena. And HomeFed, who I spent a lot of time with today, and they have a lot of parcels in Chula Vista that's still not fully built, they're working on trying to focus specifically on workforce housing and lowering the barrier of entry of trying to build. But if you ask builders and business people in Chula Vista, it is very hard to get a permit in Chula Vista. It is very hard to start a business. 
And I place that at the foot of the person who's been serving longer than anybody else in the city council. My opponent, John McCann, every election, does the ribbon cutting, eats the food, takes the picture, and leaves. And then says we're going to streamline things and get a website going, but we haven't done it. We need a mayor who's actually going to do it. And it's not going to just be me. It's going to be all of us doing it together. It does, it does kind of seem like you like you. I, I think I need Hold to. Hold on. Uh, uh, I, uh, I think it does seem. He's got you. I didn't I get to answer it, the Hamooligan stuff. It so. does seem like you, you just said, though, that uh, all of Chula Vista's successes were in spite of him, and all of the problems are because of him. Well, if, if you ask the colleagues, <laughs> yes, and I will say, not, not just me. I mean, what, what, how, how influential was he? Ask, ask, ask the city council, all of whom have endorsed me and have worked this man, with this man for over a decade. Why have they chosen to endorse me over my opponent? That's all the proof that you need. Yeah, but they're patriots who care about their city first and foremost. And all of those, our city's a democratic city, and we're going to have more Democrats than Republicans in elected office. We're going to be able to work together to, to deliver results a lot more harmoniously than having a Republican mayor and a sea of Democratic council members. And if you're saying it's because they're Democrats, we're going to work more harmoniously in the service of every Republican, Independent, and Democrat if we're all Democrats working together. That's what this city's future is about. I just so ask the city council whether he's been part of the progress or not, not me. I want, I want to um, go back to what you said. I'm not sure if maybe it's too late. My brain's not working. Um, but when you mentioned the issues with um, you know, pay for police and fire, and, and you spoke about housing and, and bringing in more housing, but that's only part of the problem, right? That, that they need housing to live in the city that they serve, which is important. But how do you plan to pay them? How or, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, the way I would think of it is, he said there's enough funding and that, it's, that they, the, the problem is that the jobs are not attractive. Um, do they have enough funding? Well, is there going to be another tax increase on the, on the horizon that's going to address hiring problems? The police, the, we can't conflate police and, and firefighters, right? Firefighters... Well, are, either of them need a raise. Right. Well, I think the firefighters certainly do. They die for strangers every single day, and they don't get paid nearly enough for the work they do. And, and, our, fire, and our police officers should be the best paid in the county, but what they've told us, told me, the sheriff and others, the police chief, what they've told me is we have a morale problem. And like any morale problem of any job, if you could get proximity to your workplace with your home, that's gonna help morale. That's gonna make the job a little bit more appealing. So it's not the silver bullet, it's not the solution to everything, but that's part of it. Having a mayor who says we stand with our police officers, we're gonna focus on the conduct element um, that is very, very, very small in Chula Vista, but we wanna make sure that we can make it more convenient to be a police officer, and I've talked to police officers, the chief and others who've said, we don't want to just make it where the incentive is solely how much you're getting paid because you want folks to do this dangerous work for the right reasons. But if you can make it easier with proximity to work, I think that will go a long way. Can I, um, so again, this, this is again about talk and this is about action. Uh, we were able, I was able to go ahead and negotiate with Sunbow, uh, the developer, to be able to get them 718 new affordable ownership units starting at the high 300,000s. We were able to get that approved. And you know, it's interesting because this was one of those very controversial issues 
Uh, not everybody supported it, but I was able to work with my colleagues to be able to get them to approve it and support it. This is a housing um, development? This is a housing development that we just went ahead and approved. And if Amar would go to the council meetings, he'd actually know we got it approved a couple months ago. I've been to buddy. Stop lying. All right. So let me ask you, you brought up in your statement before. But the thing, the thing. So you brought up that in the statement before about the, the park that was closed to homeless. It was closed just because of what was happening with the homeless situation there. Um, homelessness and, and the lack of affordable housing that's a part of that, but the actual encampments that are all across the region have become a major issue uh, everywhere. Um, you said the proper approach there was to close that park uh, and that he disagreed with that. What is your take now on the homeless situation in, in Chula Vista and the role of enforcement and police in it? Sure, that's a great thing. Uh, again, I've actually taken action to be able to, in 2016, we created what's called the Homeless Outreach Team. I think it's the best of breed project uh, because, again, we don't have social workers that are like paid for by the county. They're nonprofits. We have six nonprofits. They go out with a police officer. The police officer is there to protect them, to make sure they don't get assaulted make sure the homeless are not doing something illegal or wrong. And they go and they will visit the homeless wherever they are at least once a week. They will then ask them, uh, do they need to be able to get food, housing? Uh, we have places to be able to put them if they want to get housing. Um, if we will, um, if they uh, go ahead and need detox, it, any things like that. Uh, so we were able to get that and be able to get the hot teams enabled. Uh, the, the second thing is, is we created a bridge shelter project. Uh, we went ahead and proved prove that uh, at the uh, beginning of the year. It's under construction. It will be open in January of uh, next year. What that will do is it gives us an ability to bring somebody there Right now, uh, because of the soft on crime, talk about Sacramento, talk about Newsom, there were so many issues where our police before would be, if somebody was selling methamphetamine, they could actually arrest them and take them to jail. Nowadays, they can only give them a ticket. And For selling so, meth. Yes, selling meth. Um, so what this does is in the Ninth Circuit... You're saying the police cannot... Have uh, arrest somebody who's selling meth in Chula Vista right now? If It depends upon the amount. If they have a small amount of meth, then it is not, it does not give the police ability to arrest them. And the thing is, let me finish. Um, so then the other thing is the Ninth Circuit went ahead and ruled that if you don't have a homeless shelter in your city, you can't kick people out of parks. So we went ahead and created and approved that park so then we can actually bring them there and be able to get people out of the park. The challenge with Harborside Park is, is that they, we even had to, the city had to take down the play equipment because there were feces, there were drug needles, a place for kids and families, they couldn't go. They felt intimidated. They felt like the homeless were becoming more and more aggressive. The park should be there for the entire community, 
and we as a city, number one priority is to keep our children safe. Did he, was he correct that you supported that closure and then opposed it? No. Um, if he was paying attention, I, I went up and I said, we should have never gotten to this point after 16 years of having this park open, letting things happen this way. We knew it was going to happen. Some of the early folks who were building the park said it's next to Costco, it's next to HHSA, it's going to be a place. And then also police was concentrating them. I've talked to the city. that They actually planned to concentrate them at this park. The police were yeah, pushing they people were, they to were go there? They were concentrating them there. And have, they've, and you have receipts on that? No, but you could talk to the city. Okay. They've told me that. So, so let me finish. I'll let you blabber for a bit. So the other thing Shut. is pandemic happened. So it got worse everywhere, right? So we knew this was going to happen. We should not have allowed it to get here, but we're here, and that's why I support the closure. And then the next day, I went on KUSI, and I said, we should not have let this happen, and under John McCann's watch, it happened. So that's what I said, and I think moving forward now, this 90-day closure, we need to make sure that the same conditions don't return back when we open it up. How do you do that? And so I think a couple things. One, we need to get an emergency shelter in South Bay. We don't have one, number one. And I'll be able to work with the county, the Board of Supervisors, all of who have endorsed me and support me and want to see this happen. I'll be able to build a coalition on day one to deliver that. And we needed to get that done a long time ago. Number two is deal with the housing aspect as well. All right, that's a big part. Number three, obviously, the mental health services from the county. Bring that to our city as well. And then, yes, and I'm not going to get an applause line for this, but enforcement's important too. And so the city of San Diego has been in doing this progressive enforcement piece where we tell people, look, if you could either go to a shelter and we'll have, we'll have to have one before we can enforce that, or eventually after four, four strikes, you have to deal with the legal ramifications. So I think those are the pieces that we have to put in place. Um, and I won't just not show up to a city council meeting when there's a tough vote. It's funny that he mentions I don't show up to city council meetings. If you look at his record, and I've talked to Steve Padilla about this, he doesn't show up to important votes. He just doesn't show up and abstains. Now you're just lying. Show up. You're lying. There's a I record. Have one of the best. There's a record of that. Okay, let's go back and look at your video, what you said, because you, you, when you talked about Harborside Park, you congratulated the mayor at the first. Yep. She has not endorsed you yet. You know yeah. that. And for the first she minute, she said I was going to win was, today, but that's different. What's that? She told me today I was going to win. So. Okay. Uh, she didn't endorse you though. Um, she for the first minute, all you did was suck up to her because you're trying to get her endorsement. That's and then not after true. that, Jesus. okay, you you let's go. We'll look at it on video. Sure. I'll send it over Finish. to Scott. It's no, fine. But Stay the bottom bottom line is is that again. I think we made the right decision. It was a unanimous vote by the council. Not only that, we had the school board come and support us in making sure and supporting us. So we collaboratively worked together uh, with the school board to have them support us closing down the park. Okay, so back to the point I said that I support the closure. It should have never gotten to that point. It should have never gotten to that point. And we need to take that place back and give it back to the students. You can hold. Okay, I'm going to move us on to a different subject. Um, when we started, uh, John, you mentioned that you are a resident of Chula Vista. You go home to your family in Chula Vista. Um, I, could felt, I could feel the crowd 
bubbling right. with excitement. <laughs> um, but a lot has gone on on this subject. And Amar, you and I spoke a long, long time ago, back when I was working like in the dungeons of San Diego City Beat. And this was when you were running against Daryl. And, um, you know, you obviously spent a, a good amount of your career there uh, running for that district, trying to convince voters why you, why you were the right choice for that district. Um, are the questions about, you know, whether you are from Chula Vista and if you're the right person to represent Chula Vista valid? A year ago when I first started running, maybe, but people know. I mean, what happened is when John McCann stalked me and my girlfriend, by the way, he doesn't spend all his nights at Chilvisa. Sometimes he does it stalking me. Um, and no, a no, private no, no, investigator no, no. did that. I didn't follow you at all. Okay. A, a former FBI investigator right. did it. Just like you don't throw rocks at your opponent. I get it. I get it. So look, here's the truth. And, and the thing is, my opponent has a hard time holding two truths at the same time. We should have never shut down the park, but I supported it when it got to that point. Those are not contradictory statements. Same thing is true with the fact, and I'll give you the full history. I was born in East County in 1989. I moved to Chula Vista in 1993 when I was four with my abuelito Celso Campa who immigrated to this country from Guadalajara. Me, my mom, and my brother, my dad left when I was relatively young off of J Street on Woodlawn and Kearney. Some of you know, some of you know where that is. And my mom raised me on her own. And today she has a son who's 30 days hopefully with your support from becoming mayor. And another one is standing right behind you John, and he's a naval officer, and I'm proud of our family. And we grew up in the hard streets of West Chula Vista. This is my tierra, this is my corazón. And then 10 years later, in 2003, we moved to Eastlake in the same home I'm living in today, Lago Ventana, where I went to Eastlake High School, Southwestern College, San Diego State, started my first job at Eastlake Community Church, which I mentioned when I was running for Congress. So the fact that I didn't mention Eastlake is untrue. You can go check the transcript. And I got my first job working for Obama, working out of, out of the Starbucks down the street from my house, working as a campaign manager. And that journey allowed me to go work in the Obama administration and the Chamber of Commerce, and yes, run against a corrupt politician for Congress. And I'm still here today running against corrupt politicians who want to give our city a bad name. So let I'll me, continue me, to uh, fight for those things I believe in. Let me, John, let me ask you, what do you hope to establish with a private investigator and two, whatever you spent thousands of dollars on a hiring a private investigator, what conversation does that provoke that you can't just already say, like you were in District 50 running and now you're, you moved. What does a private investigator do? The people of Chula Vista have the right to know that their mayor lives in Chula Vista. Living in Chula Vista is not a part-time job. You don't sit there and go out and visit, drop in every once in a while in Chula Vista and then go into luxury uh, a condo in Bankers Hill and hang out and sleep there. Um, the reality is people want somebody who's fully vested. Uh, again, my opponent has spent uh, over a, or a, approximately a decade running in East County there okay. are, there, excuse me, I didn't interrupt you. That's uh, just not how math works. But he, okay. he, he, went, he went, again, ran for Congress multiple times, tried to run for assembly. Um, the reality is, is people want somebody actually 
who's been invested and has a connection in Chula Vista. Do you agree? I have well, hold on, hold on. So, do you agree that it's important to be invested in Chula Vista to have kids in the schools, to have the 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 involvement in the community, to be involved in in the civic life of the community? Does uh, that absolutely. does that matter? And do you have that? You have uh, roots, right? You've established, yeah. Do you have the connections in the community? I absolutely do. Again, my family immigrated from here. We're three generations. I went to Eastlake. My brother went to Thurgood Marshall. I have my guts since we go to school here. I want to raise my kids here. This is not a stepping stone. This is my tombstone. This is where I want to spend the rest of my life, in Chula Vista. And that home that I've had, I've had since 2003. And I've heard from your neighbors that you Airbnb the house that you're registered at. So we can make accusations all day long. And you own 20, you own 20 different condos, including Coronado. So we can make accusations left and right. But this, you know voters here don't give a crap where you live or I live. They care about where they're going to live and how their kids are going to thrive and make sure that their kids one day could live here and not be forced to leave here. But I live in Chula Vista. You sent me mail to my address last week in Chula Vista, dude. You know I live in Chula Vista. And if you followed my house in Chula Vista, you'd see that Sarah stays there sometimes. But you have to go out there and try to stalk my family and my mother. How would you feel if I hired a PI to stalk your family? That is below the belt. If you want to come see where I live, come to 2250 Live in Ventana. I'll make you chilequilas tomorrow morning. Uh, we, we, I, I think we've gone around. We've gone around the circle. But, but on this I, think, I think I need to. Uh, he went off, I think, and he. I think. We've I think got, I need to at least to tell him. I think I everybody knows did, that you where you stand on where he lives and what's appropriate. I actually appropriate. walked his neighborhood, and everybody said he didn't live there. I, I did the same I went thing, ahead and they said that about and, you. You know, again, you're interrupting me. I, I was civil. I can't believe that anyone thinks new ground is going to be made on this topic right now. Well, you the, have the said what needs to be said. No, no, let I'm me, going to move on to a much no, juicier the, topic. The, US the Sandbag Road User perfect. Charge as included in the Regional Transportation Plan between now and 2050. Do you support it, yes or no? I do not support the, or the uh, mileage tax. In addition, I don't support the tracking aspect of it. Uh, the thing is, people don't realize that for the mileage tax, you're going to actually have to put a tracker inside your car. That's not 100% true. That may be true, but there are other. Well, then how do you? Places. How do you? Well, there. You could do, do it through registration every year. You could check the mileage odometer on the car, and then there but, would be but, some difficulties around that. There would be some other possible solutions. What you're saying is a true thing that needs to be worked out, but it's not a foregone conclusion that it would have to be done through tracking. Correct. And the, the, the thing is, is that we need, I act, actually been out trying to fight that. Um, I've been opposed to it all my, all my time. The reality is it's still in the regional, regional transportation plan at Sandag. It has not been taken out. 100% And true. the... Wow. 100% I, hey, true. listen to that 100% true, right? Yeah, I, I've only written <laughs> that the a, reality, a dozen and a half times. The reality times. is... I want, I want to... Amar, no, I mean, road user time. charge. The, Chula Vista will have the, the second largest vote right. on this decision. So it's, it's important what the right. potential next representative to Sandag's board thinks about this. Do you... No, do it's you, the one time where this is going to generate, generate more light than heat. We actually agree on this. We have to make some adjustments. And again, we're, we're a commuter town. 80,000 people commute. So we're going to be bearing the brunt. It's a regressive tax on us. 
right? So I want to make sure that we put in what we get out of it. And right now, I don't think we do. But, you know, I've talked to Mayor Todd Gloria, and he's like, maybe you could be the chairman. I'm like, I don't know if anybody wants to have that role. But he doesn't, <laughs> right? Um, maybe he does. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I think that, you know, there's some things, there's some commitments that Sandag has made the underpass through the trolleys to reduce congestion in the morning and the evenings, uh, the 125 that Mary's been able to get us to say that we're going to get it sunset in 2027. That's a big lift. But I'd like to get us more federal resources, $1.2 trillion in infrastructure just waiting out there for cities to collect, right, from the infrastructure bill, state resources to give us the resources we need for infrastructure. But my commitment is if I can't sell it to Chula Vista, I'm not going to vote for it. Well, with, without some sort of fee like that, you're not going to be able to fund the vast plan that Sandag has passed, which means that I think you're both saying you don't think that plan should be the plan that's passed, but that plan includes things like a trolley line from Otai through Kearney Mesa. It, in, it includes a lot of other improvements, not only to transit, but to highways. What part of the plan do you think needs to get cut out? Sir, let me tell you this. The thing is, the regional plan actually looks at the $14, mil, or the $14 million in revenue annually from the road, road mileage tax. So it's in there, and all those projects are there. I think what we need to do is go back and look at what people voted for originally with the transnet sales tax. In the transnet sales tax, when it was passed, it was about freeways and roads. I think there are a lot of good opportunities that we can do for bike lanes and things like that, but the reality is the priority and what the people were promised and what the people voted for were freeways and roads to be able to decrease traffic congestion, and that's what we need to go back to. No transit. I believe we can do transit, just like was in, in the thing, and again, I think we need to make sure that we balance it with making sure that roads and, and freeways are our priority because that's what they voted for in the Transnet sales right, tax. I got to wrap this up, but last, what would you cut from the plan to make it work if you don't I, want the I'd, tax? I'd love to see public transit. I'd love to. What right? would you pay with it? Exactly. Exactly. And we're a city where 80,000 people commute every day out. So it's going to be a punitive tax on us to service the region. We're already the workforce of the whole county. Now we're going to be the funders of the county when it comes to these plans, when we have the lowest income areas, we're the only toll-roaded city in the whole county. I just feel like Chula Vista constantly is paying for regional things, and we don't get out of it what we put into it. So until we do, I will not be voting for an increased tax on our city's residents who commute every single day. But hopefully, aspirationally, we can get one-time project funding, like the $1.2 to help fund some of these projects and get more money for SANDAC. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, Mar. Thank you, John. I appreciate you both being here. I hope everybody had a great time, and I'm not sure if there's still food. Thanks for joining us for this Voice of San Diego podcast live show from PolitiFest South. Our hosts and editors are Andrea Lopez Villafania, Scott Lewis, and Andrew Keats. Technicians are Xavier Vasquez and Adam Greenfield. I'm Nate John, and I produced this thing. Big thanks to the candidates for joining us, and big thanks to our hosts at the Emo Brown Foundation. We'll talk to you soon.